Funding for this podcast comes from MathWorks, creators of MATLAB and Simulink software, accelerating the pace of engineering and science. Learn more at MathWorks.com. Produced by the iLab at WBUR Boston. It's snack time, the kind of endless yeah. thread episode where we snack. <laughs> Which will mean something to some of you, but not nothing to a lot of you, probably. Um, well, do you do you know about snacks? I know about snacks. <laughs> so let's explain. I want to shout out our technical director, Paul Vikas, uh, from whom this brilliant idea came somewhat accidentally. I think it was like a uh, an autocorrect situation where he was typing snack time and it autocorrected snake time (laughs) and we were like Paul this is genius we have to do a snack time about snakes and then I think you were like no it's got to be snack time you want to explain that part of it yeah well you know snacks like snacks is the internet's way of saying snakes Mm -hmm. like it's like the doge of snakes absolutely okay no snacks just snacks today just snacks yeah you want to go first okay So uh, I'm going to tell you about a response to an Ask Reddit thread. The question was, what's your worst encounter with a wild snake? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Off to a great start. Top comment on this was from Prince Nebula 18. And they wrote, when my best friend slept with my boyfriend. That was their answer. Oh. (laughs) You know, it had to be. It had to be. But, okay, here's the real story. Mm -hmm. It's from user F4T45H35. Of course. Well, this is odd timing, they say. Yesterday I became the owner of a snake. I went upstairs to the bathroom. Downstairs was occupied. I'm sitting. I'm chilling. Typical day. Until I glance to my left, and by the toilet is this two-and-a-half-foot snake coiled up looking at me. So I have a kid. I figured this was some kind of hilarious prank. Well, it wasn't. It was real. I poked it, thinking nothing of it, and it starts slithering towards me. Lucky for me, I was already in position to be scared that bad. It hid behind the toilet, and I promptly finished and got up, went and found a bucket, and came back and caught it. It's an albino corn snake. I was in no danger, so I wouldn't say a worst experience, though for sure scariest. Everyone we've talked to says it was probably a neighborhood pet that climbed into the sink or toilet and made its way to our house in the plumbing. What? Like it, it so, went in the pipes? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Snakes can come up through my pipes? <laughs> yes. So now I'm going to tell you a quick other story really fast about my old neighborhood— in Brooklyn, New York. Uh-huh. This happened a year after I moved there. This is from a New York Daily News story in 2007. Forget the monsters under the bed. There really are slithery creatures lurking in the pipes. Nature's Call forced Nadej Brunacci, 38, to the dark bathroom in her Cobble Hill, Brooklyn apartment in the wee hours of Monday morning. While washing her hands, she glanced back at the toilet to find a seven-foot-long python staring back at her. What? I turned on the light and screamed, oh, my God, said the hysterical restaurateur. (laughs) That's very New York Daily News style. (laughs) It still makes my heart race. Yes, this is a real story. It happened in my old neighborhood, Cobble Hill, Brooklyn, 
they had to like call the, I don't know, call the snake people, the snake people to come and um, pull the thing out. What if it had come up while she was going? <laughs> I'm, I'm so, I know. I'm so upset to know. Like, that's one of those things that as a little kid, you would say there, you know, there, there could be a snake in the right, toilet. Right, it's like alligators in the sewer. And you're Right, and your parents would be like, no, honey, that's not real. Yeah. It could but be. But it's real. I'm upset. <laughs> I wish good things to all living creatures, but I do not want a snake in my toilet. That's not how you want to meet a snake? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's take a little snake break, and then I'll tell you one. Snake break. The world's clean energy future relies on ancient elements still in the ground. Without mining, there will not be a clean energy transition. But pulling them out of the ground comes at an environmental and human cost. Mining is intrusive, but the results are the building blocks for products that we use every single day. I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. Join me on point for Elements of Energy, Mining for a Green Future, five special episodes. Listen and follow On Point wherever you get your podcasts. Did you kill Marlene Johnson? I think you're one of the first people to have actually asked. From WBUR and ZSP Media, this is Beyond All Repair, a new podcast about an unsolved murder that will leave you questioning everything. Somebody should be in jail for murdering my sister. A woman who's never been believed. As long as they think I have done this, then they're not looking for who actually did this. And that's what makes it a cold case. No, it's a botched case. And a search for the truth, once and for all. Wow, it just gets more interesting. Beyond All Repair. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Be careful. You're digging in a place that's been very peaceful for a while. Do it anyway. Dig. What do you got? Okay, mine comes from a TIL. This was posted by a user named Labyrinth Luminary. And they say, TIL Bill Host began extracting snake venom at 15 years old. He founded the Miami Serpentarium, and he injected himself with venom for 60-plus years. His blood Ooh. was used to save 21 snake bite victims. He created okay. a venom serum to cure polio. He was bitten over 170 times and lived to be 100. Wow. Yes. I read in the New York Times that he handled more than 3 million poisonous snakes over the years. And it's true. He would, like, inject himself with venom as kind of like a scientific experiment. So okay. he, he was building up immunity by doing this and he actually was collecting snakes from all over the world starting with in florida where there are a lot of venomous snakes he was housing these snakes in what they said were like strict lab conditions and then making their venoms available to a broader scientific community 
in a way that they could be studied, they could be experimented with, they were trying to use them to cure certain diseases or as as different remedies. And it's said that this guy, his hands were like destroyed. He was missing a fingertip. He clearly wore the signs of having been bitten over 173 times. Um, Wow. Yeah. And he's regarded as a legend. And one of my favorite little factoids about him is that he bought his first exotic snake. It was a diamondback rattler from a catalog. And this is way back in the day. And he sees that it came from Florida. So he's like, oh, I've got to get to Florida. So he actually goes to airline mechanic school. He gets a job as a flight engineer with Pan American World Airways. And he started traveling the world and smuggling snakes. (laughs) Oh, my God. And... With these smuggled snakes, he opens this, uh, like I said, this Miami Serpentarium where he was housing them. And he was the pioneer of venom production for venom research. All right. Bill Host. All right. That's that's pretty good snack time. Can I tell you one other <laughs> funny little story? Okay, sure. Okay, so this one is from TIFU. Today I effed up. Okay. <laughs> Okay, yes. So here's the post. I'm just going to read it. So a little backstory. To my knowledge, I'm just about an eighth Native American. But when they found out that when you're applying to college, you just need to be like one sixteenth Native American in order to put that on your application, he was like, oh, this is great. I've been told that I am, you know, an eighth Native American and that I'm I'm from this tribe of people called the Yuan-Ti. Does that name mean anything to you, Ben? Yuan T. Yuan T. Have you heard no, of that before? No, I don't. I, no. Okay, so he says, or she says, confirmed with my parents and sent in my application as one eighth Yuan T tribe. I found out all these years that this is a fictional race of snake people from Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> you know what's so funny is I was going to say this. I was going to say. Oh, my God. I'm so mad at myself that I didn't guess this because I'm just starting to play Dungeons and Dragons. I just, like, set up a new character to play Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. And I was and I was like, I was going to guess that this is, like, a fictional snake people tribe. And there you have it. I should have guessed. Uh, yep. He says, yeah. TLDR, I told everyone I know that I was a fictional snake person. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our little... Uh, our little snake roundup, our snack roundup. Good snack time. We'll be back next week with a full episode. Bye. <laughs> See you then. Ah.